0: Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, we've sung many of the traditional Christmas carols. We've listened to the traditional Christmas readings. Now it's time for the traditional Christmas moan. This is the time of year when ministers and bishops and archbishops love a good moan about how we've lost the true spirits of Christmas. We moan about the commercialism, we moan about the money and the effort and the stress, we even moan about the advent calendars. The kids can't just enjoy the treat, no, they have to have an especially meaningful one with Pictures that are a little more angelic and chocolate that's a little more virtuous and fair trade, when frankly, all the poor kids really want to start the day with is a little bit of sugary Cadbury's. So what if in all the moaning about the true meaning of Christmas, we've forgotten to actually enjoy that true meaning? Maybe the thing we really need, if we want to get to the heart of why Jesus came, is to eat and drink and be merry together. Christians are a people who love to make merry. There was a while through our history when some monk or nun would barely have to sneeze and we declared a miracle and name a feast day after them, any excuse for Christians to rest and celebrate and rejoice. And don't we all need a little bit of that right now? Where has all the merriness gone from our world? Well, the biggest feast of them all was here all along, right at the heart of the Christian story. So if you want to know why it is that despite everything, so many Christians always seem to be smiling, well, this is the place to look. A few moments ago, we read Matthew's account of how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. It began with an angel appearing to Joseph in a dream. And you should know that when angels show up in the human realm, even in the Bible, it is not a normal thing. It doesn't happen very often. It's a weighty, terrifying event, something of eternal significance and historical magnitudes, So when an angel speaks, you'd better listen. And he seems to want Joseph to understand two things. The first is that this child is sent from heaven. Twice he made the point that he's conceived from the Holy Spirit. This birth is something supernatural imposed on the world from outside, The author has stepped into the story. It's a fork in the road confronting every one of us. But the other thing that the angel is very specific about is this baby's name. And that's the verse that we're going to focus on this evening because it's this name that explains what we all have to be so merry about. "'You shall call his name Jesus,' said the angel." he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, this baby will come God's way, not yours, and he will get God's name, not yours. A heaven-given name for a heaven-sent child. And that name is clearly so important to Matthew that he repeats it at the end of the section, verse 25. And yes, he called his name Jesus. So what is it that name Jesus tells us that has put a smile on so many millions of faces? Well, it's a name that is rich with history and meaning. This name he's given here will shape every moment of the life Jesus was born to live. And it points us to two realities, realities that fill all the best Christmas carols with an aching kind of joy a weary world and a suffering saviour. First, a weary world. You see, this isn't actually the first Jesus to be born in the Bible. But the one he's named after was better known by the Hebrew form of that name, Joshua. He was also born to a weary people in a weary world. They'd spent 40 years wandering in the desert, watching everyone they loved pass away while the hope of a brighter future never seemed to get any closer. But Joshua was born for one mission. His entire life would be one of struggle and war, to save his people and deliver them into the promised land, a land where again and again Israel were told they would enjoy rest. Rest from their enemies, rest from their toil, rest from their fears and tears. The name Jesus, or Joshua, means the Lord saves. And it's the name of a man called to face terrible struggle in order to lead his people into a merry rest. And if you're paying attention to the readings this evening, you'll have seen that rest is something this world has been longing for. Almost from the very beginning, it was promised in creation itself. On the seventh day, God rested from his work. And if mankind hadn't fallen into rebellion, we could have rested with God in that joy for all eternity. But that isn't how the story went. And ever since that day, we human beings have struggled to find the rest and the joy that we ache for so much. But God promised it to Adam and Eve when they fell. He promised a son who would slay the serpent and release mankind from our sorrows. And we have hoped and hoped for that rest ever since. One day in seven, from the beginning of the world, believers would stop and trust and celebrate. In that hope, they would rest. Our longing, our longing for joy and rest was woven into the very fabric of creation. One day in seven, we would wait for it. A few pages later in the Bible, things had gotten as sad and as broken for humanity as it was possible to get. And that is when the first ever saviour of the world was born the first of many, many flawed heroes in the Bible story. And as his father held this baby in his arms, full of hope, he said, perhaps this one shall bring us relief from all our painful toil. And so he named his son Noah, the Hebrew word for rest. Can you sense that desperate longing? And we feel it too, don't we? We are so tired of how things are, so tired of the joylessness, so fed up with the endless rancor, endless division, endless argument and sorrow and grieving and loss. But it wasn't to be, not from Noah, not even from Joshua the I. Israel were given rest from their enemies, but when they entered the promised land, their sin and sorrow only followed them. And tonight we listened as that rest was promised to kings and to people down the centuries. The first thing then that the name Jesus, Joshua, points us to is a weary world. Humanity longs for rest and rejoicing, but we struggle so much to find it, don't we? And the angel also told us why that is. Why is it so hard? We need a different kind of rescue from the one that first Joshua or Noah or David or any other hero was able to deliver us. We cannot truly rest until we're saved from a burden that only Jesus could lift. This Jesus, he said... He will be the one who saves his people from their sins. He has this name because like Joshua, he will deliver his people into a place of rest, but his deliverance will look very different. It has to go much deeper and last much, much longer. So Jesus tells us in his own words later in the very same gospel what his deliverance would look like We heard it in our final lesson, didn't we? And it looks like the rest we've been aching for all our lives. Come to me, he said. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you that rest. Humanity longs for rest and rejoicing. Jesus was born to shoulder your burden. And so the second thing then his name points to is a suffering servant. That name Joshua means that he too will have to face a terrible struggle because there is no rest for his people until the enemy is crushed once and for all. And Jesus has come to face a far bigger enemy, one that he will only slay by laying down his life on the cross the angel tells us that jesus did not come first of all to love us or to teach us he didn't come to empower us or to set an example for us or a political agenda no jesus came to save us from our own sin the biggest burden that you and i are carrying and the root cause of all other broken things in this world. Yes, Jesus will fix the hunger and sorrow and loneliness and isolation, but he will fix all of that by bearing the punishment of human sin upon his own shoulders. So we cannot truly rejoice over Christmas until we're ready to admit that that is what we need saving from. Nobody put it better than Her Majesty the Queen. Ten years ago, she gave the best Christmas speech of her entire reign, and here's what she said. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness and our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, But a savior with the power to forgive. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. Now, maybe we prefer to think of ourselves as brave adventurers striking out on our own in life, forging our own path. But this child's name, Jesus, tells me that the mission that is my life has failed. We are failures. Stranded here through our own choices, awaiting a rescue that we don't deserve. For happiness, I long have sought, and pleasure dearly I have bought. It has cost me so, so much, always pursuing, pursuing career and satisfaction and health, whatever the cost. And yet, always that happiness, when we chase it ourselves, it slips through our fingers. Now Jesus stands and offers it to us at his expense, not ours. He became mortal, frail, human, God with us, precisely so he could face this battle as one of us, so that he could suffer and save, because he knew what it would cost to pay for your sin and mine. He knew it. But in his infinite love, he thought You were worth even that cost for those whose forms were bending low and the life's crushing weight, God the Son, would bend even lower. And the only thing that could spoil it would be our stubborn pride in refusing to admit that we need his rescue. You and I long for rest and rejoicing. Jesus was born to shoulder your burden. So come, come and rest merrily with us this Christmas. That is his invitation to every one of us. Come and rest and be merry. You see, there are no merry gentlemen in the Christmas story, at least until they're given rest by Jesus. In fact, if you look carefully, you'll see there aren't even any merry gentlemen in that carol. Not at first. We're going to sing it in a moment. Look out for where the comma comes. That song is a prayer that God would put his joy into the hearts of men, that he would rest us in his merriness, to say, Rest merry to someone is like saying rest assured. It's something we need to be given. Someone needs to put us at rest. Matthew's Christmas story is actually a pretty dark, troubled version of this tale. It is not easy to find rest in joy. In the very next paragraph of this book, we're plunged into murder and bloodshed and weeping. And yet, in the middle of all of that, We meet the original merry gentlemen, because they are the first men to be merrily rested. Wise men from the East meet the baby king, and we're told they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. It's an absurdly over-the-top way of speaking. We're meant to picture these tired old men jumping into the air and clicking their heels. And the reason is that after their long, long journey toiling towards God, searching for spiritual truth, Jesus has given them rest. He takes the burden of sin and guilt off their shoulders, frees them from it forever. Perhaps you find Christmas a burdening time of year, the work, The pressure, the expectations, they're just too high. Well, friend, if that is you, if you find this burdening, you are doing it wrong. Christmas is about Jesus taking our burden from us, inviting us to rest and to rejoice in him. The tree of life my soul has seen, laden with fruit and always green, So come, eat from that tree of life and rest with us in him. Sit with the people here who love you around a table piled high with food that you don't deserve. Sing the carols, smile like a Christian, celebrate the gift and rest. Rest from your striving after spirituality. Rest from the toil of Trying to make amends for sins you cannot fix. Rest from every attempt to salve your hurting conscience and subdue your fear of death and signal to other people that you're living a virtuous life. Rest from it all and receive it instead from Him. Let's pray. Gracious Lord Jesus, who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven that we might be lifted up to the place of joy and warmth and eternal love. Help us, we pray, to rest merrily in your gift to us. Take the burden of sin and guilt off our shoulders this Christmas, and would we take and receive and enjoy your gift of forgiveness together, released from fear and filled with hope, as a family called to the feasting and joy of your everlasting hall. For we ask it to the praise of your goodness and love. Amen.